You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Welcome everyone to Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. MCC is an international Christian denomination committed to the basic Christian gospel that the love of God is available to all people through the life and works of Jesus Christ. And this love is available to you and to me this very evening, or indeed, whenever you are watching our service. It is Advent, and many of you will have some candles at home. Uh, Feel free to light them with me as I light three candles uh, this week. We're focusing this Advent on hope in a chaotic world, hope in a chaotic world, and how our world needs hope today, into a world of violence, occupation, poverty, disease, refugees, religion gone wrong, and more. Into such a world came the Christ child, the hope of the world. And two weeks ago, we came to worship, hoping for hope itself. Last week, we came to worship, hoping for the presence of peace, and this week, we come to worship, hoping for the power of love. We come placing our faith and hope in the Christ of Christmas, who has come, is with us now, and who comes again and again. We welcome the advent of incarnational hope. We welcome one another to worship. Let us settle our hearts before we listen to our readings, sing our response to them, and then listen to Ronnie's thoughts on these. Let us pray together. All who need to renew their hope, come. All who hope for hope itself, come. All who hope and long for peace, come. All who hope the world will discover love of neighbour, Come, all who hope for unending joy, come. Loving God, we come to you, seeking to hear your voice. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 4 and 8 to 11. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They shall be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. 
I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, 6-8 and 19-28. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it confessed I am not the Messiah and they asked him what then are you Elijah he said I am not are you the prophet he answered no then they said to him who are you let us have an answer for those who sent us what do you say about yourself he said I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the tongue of his sander. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening. Please pray with me and for me. May the Lord guide the meditations of my heart and the words of my lips for the glory of God and for the benefit of his people. Amen. Who are you? It's the question that's posed to John the Baptist, and he immediately answers in the negative, I'm not the one you're looking for. I'm merely a signpost. Who are you? It's the question that was posed to Jesus time and time again, but Jesus refused to answer it. Instead, he would say to people, look at my works and decide for yourself. 
In our first reading tonight, we hear from the prophet Isaiah begin a whole prophetic. We hear in the reading tonight from Isaiah the beginning of the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, the one on whom the Spirit of God will rest, the one who will proclaim a year of rejoicing, one who will let the lame walk again, the blind see, the dumb speak. Jesus invites all those who question him not to listen to his words, but to look at his, his actions. And so tonight, my friends, as we come to the third Sunday in Advent, I ask you the same question. Who are you? It would be so easy for us to fall back into labels. I'm a mum, I'm a dad, I'm a partner, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. But fundamentally, who are you? Before you answer that, perhaps the more important question is, what do you love? What are your values? What do you cherish the most? Because surely, it's what we love the most that shapes us and makes us who we are. This week, our theme is love. And sadly, as we get older and we become more battered, more world-weary, more hurt, we can become less tolerant of others. We could become bitter, angry. We can not think the best of others. But the calling to know Jesus in our lives is to be in a relationship of love and to reflect that love to others. About a year ago, I shared with you one of my favorite children's stories, The Three Trees. And this year, as we commemorate 100 years since the death of Oscar Wilde, I thought I'd share with you one of my favorite stories, The Selfish Giant. Are you sitting comfortably? I will begin. Every afternoon, as they were coming from school, the children used to go and play in the giant's garden. It was a large, lovely garden with soft green grass. Here and there, over the grass, stood beautiful flowers like stars. And there were 12 peach trees that in the springtime broke out into delicate blossoms of pink and pearl, and in the autumn bore rich fruit. The birds sat on the trees and sang so sweetly that the children used to stop their games in order to listen to them. How happy we are here, they would cry to each other. One day, the giant came back. He'd been to visit his friend on the, uh, the Cornish Ogre and had stayed with him for seven years. 
when he arrived, he saw the children playing in the garden. What are you doing here? He cried in a very gruff voice, and the children ran away. My own garden is my own garden, said the giant. Anyone can understand that, and I will allow nobody to play in it but myself. So he built a high wall around it and put up a notice board. Trespassers will be prosecuted. He was a very selfish giant. The poor children had now nowhere to play. They tried to play on the road, but the road was very dusty and full of hard stones, and they didn't like it. They used to wander around the high walls when their lessons were over and talk about the beautiful garden inside. How happy we were there, they said to each other. Then the spring came, and all over the country there were little blossoms and little birds. Only in the garden of the selfish giant, it was still winter. The birds did not care to sing in it, as there were no children, and the trees forgot to blossom. Once, a beautiful flower put its head up from the grass, but when it saw the notice board, it was so sorry for the children that it slipped back to the ground again and went off to sleep. The only people who were pleased were the snow and the frost. Spring has forgotten this garden, they cried. So we will live here all year round. The snow covered up the grass with her great white cloak and the frost painted all the trees silver. Then they invited the north wind to stay with them and he came. He was wrapped in furs, and he roared all day about the garden, and he blew the chimney pots down. I cannot understand why the spring is so late in coming, said the selfish giant, as he sat at the window and looked out at his cold, white garden. I hope there will be a change in the weather soon. But the spring never came nor the summer. The autumn gave golden fruit to every garden, but to the giant's garden she gave none. He is too selfish, she said. So it was always winter there, and the north wind and the hail and the frost and the snow danced about through the trees. One morning the giant was lying awake in bed when he heard some lovely music. It sounded so sweet to his ears that he thought it must be the king's musicians passing by. It was really only a little bird singing outside his window. But it was so long since he had heard a bird sing in the garden that it seemed to him to be the most beautiful music in the world. Then the hail stopped dancing over his head and the north wind ceased roaring and a delicious perfume came in through the open casement. I believe the spring has come at last, said the giant, and he jumped out of bed and looked out. What did he see? He saw a most wonderful sight. Through a little hole in the wall, the children had crept in, and they were sitting in the branches of the trees, 
in every tree that he could see there was a little child. And the trees were so glad to have the children back again that they had covered themselves with blossoms and they were waving their arms gently above the children's heads. The birds were flying and twittering with delight and the flowers were looking up through the green grass and laughing. It was a lovely scene. Only in one corner, it was still winter. It was the farthest corner of the garden and in it was standing a little boy. He was so small that he could not reach up to the branches of the tree and he was wandering all around it, crying bitterly. The poor tree was still covered with frost and snow and the north wind was blowing and roaring above it. Climb up, little boy, said the tree, and it bent its branches down as low as it could, but the boy was too tiny. And the giant's heart melted as he looked out. How selfish I have been, he said. Now I know why the spring would not come here. I will put that little boy on top of the tree, and then I will knock down the wall of, and my garden shall be the children's playground forever and ever. He was really very sorry for what he had done. So he crept down and opened the front door quite softly and went out into the garden. But when the children saw him, they were so frightened that they all ran away and the garden became winter again. Only the little boy did not run for his eyes were so full of tears that he did not see the giant coming. And the giant stole up behind him, and he took him gently in his hand and put him up into the tree. And the tree broke out at once in blossom, and the birds came and sang on it, and the little boy stretched out his two arms and flung them around the giant's neck and kissed him. And the other children when they saw that the giant was not wicked any longer, came running back, and with them, the spring. It is your garden now, little children, said the giant, and he took a great axe and knocked down the wall. And when the people were going to market at 12 o'clock, they found the giant playing with the children in the most beautiful garden they had ever seen. All day long they played, and in the evening they came to the giant to bid him goodbye. But where is your little companion, he said, the boy I put into the tree. The giant loved him the best because he had kissed him. We do not know, answered the children, he has gone away. You must chew and be tell him to come tomorrow, said the giant. But the children said that they did not know where he lived or that they had seen him before. And the giant felt very sad. Every afternoon when school was over, the children came and played with the giant. But the little boy whom the giant loved was never seen again. The giant was very kind to all of the children, yet he longed for his first little friend and often spoke of him. How I would like to see him, he used to say. Years went over 
and the giant grew very old and feeble. One winter morning, he looked out of his window as he was dressing. He did not hate the winter now, for he knew that it was merely the spring asleep and that the flowers were resting. Suddenly, he rubbed his eyes in wonder and looked and looked. It certainly was a marvellous sight. In the farthest corner of the garden was a tree quite covered with lovely white blossoms. In its branches were golden and silver fruit that hung down from them, and underneath it stood the little boy he had loved. Downstairs ran the giant in great joy and out into the garden. He hastened across the grass and came near to the child. And when he came quite close, his face grew red with anger. And he said to him, Who hath dared to wound thee? For on the palms of the child's hands were the prince of two nails. And the prince of two nails were on his little feet. Who hath dared to wound thee? cried the giant. Tell me that I may take my big sword and slay him. Nay, answered the child, for these are the wounds of love. Who art thou? said the giant. And a strange awe fell on him, and he knelt before the little child. The child smiled at the giant, and he said to him, You let me play in your garden once. Today you shall come and play with me in my garden, which is paradise. And when the children ran in that afternoon, they found the giant lying dead under the tree, all covered with white blossoms. Amen. Good evening, and welcome to the time where we join together as a church family and speak directly to our Heavenly Father and our compassionate Mother. Before we share this sacred time together, as we do each week, and is our custom at Northern Lights MCC, we will light a candle in memory of every person who has passed and who are living with HIV and AIDS. We praise and thank you, Lord, for all of those who work tirelessly in the fight to put an end to this disease and who provide care and essential medicines, allowing millions to live life to the fullest. Awesome and amazing God, we are in awe of your magnificence. You are the architect of all things, life giver and the source of all goodness. We praise you. Prince of Peace, as we wait patiently for you throughout this time of Advent, we give you thanks for all things that come from you. You are the source of all hope, a light to guide us when the path is dark ahead. Lord, we ask that you help us to place our absolute trust in you. You alone are God and you know us better than we know ourselves. 
We pray that you bless our church and comfort and give strength to our siblings who are suffering or in pain physically, mentally or spiritually. In the midst of a pandemic, we praise you for those who work on the front lines, risking their own safety to care for others and tend to the sick. Help us, Lord, to be your hands and feet in our communities, in our workplaces, or wherever we may be. Help us to be a source of hope and a beacon of light to our neighbours, our siblings. We pray that you pour out your spirit and fill the hearts of our leaders with compassion and wisdom to make decisions that will help to care for your creation and help us all to live in a more just society. We pray for those who find the Christmas season especially difficult, those who are lonely, those who are grieving, those suffering from mental health illness. Please enfold them in your love and peace and fill their hearts with hope of a brighter tomorrow. We pray for your forgiveness for the times we didn't get things quite right and we thank you for your unending love and the chance to be renewed in you, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us now take a moment of quiet to lift up our prayers for the ones known personally to us. And now we say together the prayer that you gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So let us say together the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, Northern Lights MCC dot org dot uk